January 26th. We begin our Bible reading January 26th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament today, we'll be in the book of Matthew, chapter 17. We'll read verses 10 through 27. Listen to the King. This event was a picture of the coming kingdom and a proof that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of the living God. The law, Moses, and the prophets, Elijah, all converge in him. But the thing Peter remembered most was the emphasis on the unchanging Word of God. The memory of visions will fade, but the Word endures forever. So trust the King. Jesus gave the disciples power to cast out demons, but their unbelief and lack of prayer robbed them of the power they needed. We cannot stay on the mountain of glory. There are needs to be met in the valley. So obey the king. The tax was an annual assessment of the Jewish men for the support of the temple. Jesus affirmed his kingship by controlling a coin and a fish. But he affirmed his servanthood by submitting to their demands. Lest we offend them, he said. It's good principle when you lay aside your rights, but be careful not to set aside God's truth. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. January 26th, Matthew chapter 17, verses 10 through 27. His, Jesus' disciples, asked, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to set everything in order. But, I tell you, he has already come. But he wasn't recognized, and he was badly mistreated. And soon, the Son of Man will also suffer at their hands. Then the disciples realized he had been speaking of John the Baptist. When they arrived at the foot of the mountain, a huge crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus replied, You stubborn, faithless people, how long must I be with you until you believe? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out that demon? You didn't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I assure you, even if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. One day, after they had returned to Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed. He will be killed. But three days later, he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples' hearts were filled with grief. On their arrival in Capernaum, the tax collectors for the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Of course he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. 
But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people, or the foreigners they have conquered? They tax the foreigners, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a coin. Take the coin and pay the tax for both of us. Psalm 22, verses 1 through 18. This is about crucifixion. Because he was a prophet, David was able to write about the Messiah centuries before he came. Crucifixion was not a Jewish form of capital punishment, yet David described it accurately. As we listen, we'll see Jesus at Calvary, his cry to the Father, the period of darkness, the ridicule of the people, his thirst and pain, his pierced hands and feet, it's all here, and the gambling for his clothes, even that is here in this psalm. Remember, he endured all of these things for you. Where does the courage come from to be a Christian? Of compassion and courage and sacrifice and love when the world is not agreeing with any of that. Where does that come from? And the answer is in verse 34. You, ex- you joyfully accepted, joyfully accepted, joyfully accepted. The question is, where does that come from? Because joy is the strength that is carrying the day here. You joyfully accepted the seizure of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. The most important word in that sentence is since. Or it could just read knowing that you have because it means since. Let me read it again slowly. You joyfully, put yourself in here now, you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property because. So if you ask me, where does this joy come from? Where does the strength come from? This courage come from? This sacrifice come from? Because you knew that you yourselves have a better possession and an abiding one. Hope has a name. The possession has a name. The better and the eternal has a name. His name is Jesus. We hope in him. We hope for him. The better and abiding possession. Paul said, for me to die is gain. I am torn. I want to depart and be with Christ. For that is far, what's the word? Better. That's the word. Far better. To remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Got that? Do you believe that? To die is better than living. Paul did. These people did. That's where the joy came from as they went to prison. That's where the joy came from as they lost their property. You joyfully accepted the seizure of your property means your hope in the better and abiding possession is so real. These aren't just words for you. I would ask you, are they words for you? Are they realities for you? Is your possession beyond the grave more precious than anything this world offers? 
If it's not, you won't live like this. That's what 350 years has ruined. It has made us at home here so that this world is more precious to us than that world. Thank you very much. I don't want to go yet. Stay away. So I'm not going to the prison and I'm not going to say anything or do anything that would make this life, which is my real love, uncomfortable. Notice the two things in verse 34. Abiding, it's an abiding and it's a better. Abiding and better, abiding and better. Better means this life is inferior, that life is better. Abiding means this life is temporary, that life is forever. My favorite verse in the Psalms is Psalm 1611. You show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you hear those two words? Fullness of joy, pleasures forever. Does that sound familiar to verse 34? Better and abiding. Better, full, abiding forever. Anybody who can come up to me after the service and authentically, genuinely, truly offer me anything better than full and abiding joy in Jesus, I will stop being a Christian this morning. Psalm 22, verses 1 through 18. For the choir director, a psalm of David, to be sung to the tune, Doe of the Dawn. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do you remain so distant? Why do you ignore my cries for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy. The praises of Israel surround your throne. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. You heard their cries for help and saved them. They put their trust in you and were never disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you when I was a nursing infant. I was thrust upon you at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like roaring lions attacking their prey, they come at me with open mouths. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. 
My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count every bone in my body. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my clothes among themselves and throw dice for my garments. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Run from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and hand over to merciless people everything you have achieved in life. Strangers will obtain your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Afterward, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body, and you will say, How I hated discipline! If only I had not demanded my own way! Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to those who gave me instruction? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace.'